On your left, it's harmless phosphorescence. Everybody, this is Thoreau Smiley, and I had time to do this because all the members of my barbershop quartet are dead. Who's joining me this week? Hey, I'm Josh Cece, and you can call me the Autumn Soldier because I smell like pumpkin spice. If you guys need anything, I've been Brian Lesh. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber. Shall we play a game? And this is right. Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, and we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. We got patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron too? It's easy. Just go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Uh, we got lots of bonus content there. Um, we've got uh, Star Wars stuff. We've got monthly movies. Um, buck a month. That is all it takes to. Uh, um, we have some. We have some holiday movies coming up. Oh yeah, we've got holiday movies in, of past and f- present and future. Okay. Yeah, just we, like a Christmas yeah. Carol. Oh yeah, um, Andy and Josh will do some great uh, holiday episodes. Um, and stay tuned; we might have some harmless. We might have a holiday Halloween monthly movie coming up next month. But uh, this month, or this week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain, to build a better world, Sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. step people are gonna die i can't let that happen captain america needs my help when do we start we just did the price of freedom is high and it's a price I'm willing to pay. He told me not to trust anyone. This is how it ends. Everything goes. Looks like you're giving the orders now, Captain. Damn right.
good guys from the bad guys. If they're shooting at you, they're bad. <laughs> That's a fairly liberal definition of bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, released uh, April 4th, 2014, rated PG-13, with a running time of 136 minutes. It cost $177 million and took in $714.4 million. Um, so, yeah, big hit there. Um, it's... Uh, Came immediately after Thor, The Dark World, uh, part of Phase 2 of the MCU. Uh, and uh, that leads me to ask you, fellas, the question, are you ready to play the box office top 10 game? I've been training all week. Yeah, I'm strong. I'm fast. Got a metal arm. <laughs> I, I would have said metal arm first. Right, right. right. Yeah. That's the most defining feature. <laughs> the most. Is it one of those yeah. things where, like, like you're trying not to say something like, like you're trying not to say like the black guy? <laughs> yeah, you leave it for the end. <laughs> well, yeah, pointing out his prosthetic arm first is a little insensitive. You're trying not to. Say, he, so. he could have gone with. He wears heavy eyeshadow and has beautiful hair. <laughs> and he has so a You're like, is that Brett Michaels? <laughs> I'm skinny Bob. <laughs> it blows me away. Uh, so here we go. This is the box office top 10 game. I will count down the top 10 movies of the week of April 4th, 2014, using only the box office mojo descriptions, leaving out any sort of identifying features that I deem necessary to leave out. And uh, the boys are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing. You ready to jump in here, fellas? Yep. I oh, yeah. All right. Coming in, number... What? Coming in at number 10 for the week of April 4th, uh, or <laughs> 2014, 19-2014. Uh, wow. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, this, uh, let's see, fresh from prison, a street racer who was framed by a wealthy business associate joins a cross-country race with revenge in mind. His ex-partner, learning of the plan, places a massive bounty on his head as the race begins. Is it too fast, too furious? It is. It is not. It is not a Fast and Furious movie. It's not. No. Oh. Logan's Run. <laughs> Drive. No. Oh no, no, that wasn't about a race, but that was a great movie. Um, I think it was a couple years earlier than this too. But uh, Herbie the Love Bug. This. I. Oh God, who is it? Is that Aaron? <laughs> Herbie oh. the Love Bug. <laughs> never realized it sounds like an STD. <laughs> I think that's Aaron Paul. Yeah. Huh. Starring Aaron Paul. Uh, this is Need for Speed. Was this based on the video game? Must have been. It's a race. Yeah. Re- that yeah. has to have been wow. the title of another movie at some point. It's crazy that Need for Speed 2014. Yeah. Anyway. It's Wow. I did not realize they made... A video game. They made a movie out of that. That was a big thing around this time. This was around when, uh, like, Assassin's Creed and stuff came out, right? Oh, yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, video game movies. Um, I think uh, currently the highest-rated video game movie that exists is that um, that werewolf one that just came out. <laughs> there Beverly was... Hills Werewolf. No, what is it? Have you guys not heard of that? It looks amazing. Um, no. 
There's a werewolf video game. Yeah. I want to play that. Are you the werewolf? Because, uh, like, do you spend the half of the game, like, uh, werewolves... going to a job and, like, filing taxes and, like, raising your <laughs> right. kids? Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> the moon comes out and you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Nights, oh, oh, yeah, werewolves yeah, Within. Nights. I don't oh. know if you... Are you familiar with the game, Brian? No, not at all. Uh, I've never even heard of that. That's interesting. Yeah, and they just made a movie out of it that looks really good, actually. It, it's, it looks I like werewolf movies. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a comedy. It's a, it's a horror comedy, so... Oh, yeah. Tracy uh, Morgan's in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he a werewolf? Because that's awesome. No, I think he's battling werewolves. He it looks uh, like he's got, like, a local sheriff's uniform on. Is I haven't it, seen it yet. Yeah, um, but, it, yeah, it's apparently it's a... Uh, it's, like, werewolves come to this small town, and, like, everyone's trying to figure out who's a werewolf, and they end up, like, wackiness ensues. But uh, uh, Stephen King's like, I did that already. <laughs> Uh, all right, coming in. Um, that that sounds like a a card game, a One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I am not familiar with that one. Uh, not really a card game, but it's a uh, I don't know, like an RP, like a tabletop role playing slot machine kind of thing. Or? Sort of. Oh wait, it's it's like five minute. It's a five minute game. You like huh. everyone like falls asleep and um, there are werewolves. You, you hand out little little cards. You have to figure out who's the werewolf, and yeah. and kill them. But if you kill a, a town's a villager, <laughs> then the villagers lose and the werewolves win. So it's like Among Us, but with werewolves. Yeah, yeah. everyone puts but, their head down except for the werewolf. The werewolf <laughs> is the murderer. When everyone brings their head back, yeah. you have to put your thumb up on the desk. Um, oh god! <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's actually a lot of fun. It's, yeah. it's a really fun game. You know, I, I work. Yeah, I'm working from home now. But having worked in an office for like uh, a year and a half, if we had just played Heads Up Seven Up a couple times over the course of the day, I would have been a lot happier at my workplace. Yeah, it's take naps little... every uh, four hours. Yeah, occasionally uh, get together in the lunchroom for Duck Duck Goose. Yeah, have a naps, juice box oh or two. God. Yeah, yeah. Recess is important. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that long, but no matter what your age. Absolutely. All right, number nine in the box office top ten game <laughs> with our pro recess agenda. Uh, an air marshal springs into action during a transatlantic flight after receiving a series of text messages. It's the least he could do. <laughs> Telling him he's been broken up with. No, demand no, sprung into action after receiving he a series. An air marshal that waits after receiving a series of text messages that just say "you up." Um, <laughs> Get this plane on the ground faster. Yeah. Um, demanding $150 million into an offshore account or someone will die every 20 minutes. The air marshal's like, I don't make that kind of money. Right? You're asking well, the wrong guy. Quit I'm texting me. It's like, we're not going to be in the air that long. We have a layover in Dallas. <laughs> uh, Is this called air marshal? No, it's no, it's oh. not. It's It's got a really, one of those names okay, you're like. how about fear flight? No, no, it's not. It's um, not that descriptive of a name. Okay, plane. Yeah, no, message still in too an descriptive. Tube. Still too descriptive. <laughs> um, it's called nonstop. Oh, I was gonna say, please turn off your devices uh, after the seatbelt sign is turned on. Was my <laughs> follow-up guess, but uh, I feel like that was the tagline. <laughs> that was the tagline. <laughs> Put your child's mask on. 
Or no, put yours on before putting it. Coming this, yeah, coming this, yeah, coming this summer. Please help others that need help with their masks before you put your. (laughs) Yeah, movies have gotten so uncreative. It's just the speech that attendants give you before you take off. (laughs) That's a Thirty Rock joke. Yeah, about like he's trying to tank the network. Do you like the information channel in hotel rooms? Well, Thursday's (laughs) just that now. I, it makes me think of the Norm Macdonald uh, sketch, the, oh, you know, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Yeah, um, Norm. His his whole graduation speech around don't jingle your, or don't fiddle with your keys over a sewer grate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, it's like the Norm Macdonald version of where sunscreens <laughs> speech. <laughs> oh, man, what a guy. Uh, uh. All right, all right. Number eight, uh, members of an elite DEA task force find themselves being taken down one by one after they rob a drug cartel safe house. Are they taken down by werewolves? <laughs> um, or possibly Norm Macdonald. <laughs> Perros Locos. What was it now? Perros or Air Marshals. Yeah. Or Air Marshals. Norm Macdonald playing a werewolf air marshal. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's the movie I never knew oh. I wanted. <laughs> like, hey, 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 guys, uh, uh, I'm going to rip your throat out. <laughs> I was watching Dirty Work the, the night that he, oh. or the day he, yeah, so good. I love that movie so much. Oh, yeah. When he's assaulted in jail. Like, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Ridic- you, you know, you fellas got a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so this movie, which no one of us have seen, is called Sabotage. <laughs> this is the DEA movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number seven, the time-traveling adventures of an advanced canine and his adopted son. Oh, Peabody uh, and Sherman. Yeah, that movie was terrible. It was, and the cartoon's so funny. An it- advanced canine? Like he's a robot dog? <laughs> well, I mean, he talks. Yeah, things. he's like genetically modified. <laughs> he does dog? science. I don't know. He, he holds several PhDs. Yeah, he is. Hmm. His advanced degrees. That's yeah. why he's yeah. an advanced dog. All the movies they tried to make from those um, old um, are terrible. Like the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie, Peabody and Sherman, Underdog, The Underdog. Oh, they were all bad, bad movies. Surprisingly, they've never done a Mighty Mouse movie. No, I think that is it. weird, wow. actually. Wow, I'm really shocked now that you yeah. mentioned that. Huh. Um, so, all right, coming in at number six this week. While on a grand world tour, a group of performers find themselves wrapped into a European jewel heist caper headed by someone that's a lookalike for their leader. Send in the clones. Is this uh, now you don't? The sequel to uh, Now You See Me? No, no, but uh, let's see. We've got, uh, oh, Tina Fey's in it. Ricky Gervais. Oh, Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah, Josh. (laughs) You got it. Muppets Most Wanted. It was all right. I mean, both both of the two Muppet reboot movies were, were good enough. I guess the first one I enjoyed. This, yeah, this one. Eh. The first one I really was much loved better. The yeah. sitcom they had, the newest sitcom they had for a little while. I haven't watched that, but I heard it was good. Oh, 
Yeah, they're backstage. It's like The Muppet Show, but it's not The Muppet Show, but it's a single camera documentary like The Office or 30 Rock or something. And there's even a writer's room with Gonzo and Pepe oh. the Prawn. And like, yeah, it's just great. Them trying to write jokes, but not doing it. Thanks to Disney Plus, I, I get to fall asleep to the old Muppet Show episodes, which oh my is God. just so, it's, it's so like good. Xanax. It's just boom, I'm done. Yeah, I love that they're all there. Claire told me their uh, pandemic show was uh, pretty, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. They did like a, a Zoom show. Oh my god, that's fantastic! That's, that's awesome and hilarious, especially since <laughs> since they have the same <laughs> the same voice for a number of them. I'm sure, <laughs> and they're felt. They yes. can't transfer the virus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Coming in at number five. A writer encounters the owner of an aging high-class hotel who tells him of his early years serving as a lobby boy in the hotel's glorious years under an exceptional exceptional concierge. Is this I know not what Hotel this Chevalier? Is. What is this called? It's the it other is, Wes Anderson is. hotel. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, it is. Oh. oh. That's called... Um, this was a really good one. Uh, Swarce Ronan, I think, is in this one. Right? Is that right? Um, and definitely Tim Roth. Yeah. There's a lot of people in it. Yeah, Bill yeah. Murray shows up, of course. It was a pretty good one, yeah. Um, I like this one a lot. I think this one F. got Murray a best... Abraham, right? Yeah, he's Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I think this one yeah. got a best picture nod. Yeah. Tilda Swinton, everybody's in this movie. Yeah. What is it called? Hotel oh, the, the Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel. There bing, we go. Bing, bing, yeah. yes. Josh Hotel Kitt- Chevalier was his uh, tie-in tiny movie for uh, uh, the, the movie about India. What was that called? Um, oh, the Isle Chloe. of Dogs. Oh, no, no, no. The no. the 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 uh, the one with the with Where the, it's the three brothers on the train. Yeah, and oh, the Darjeeling. Um, Darjeeling Express. Darjeeling Express. That's Natalie Portman was Jason. Uh, what's his name's girlfriend, and she stays in a hotel the whole time. And it was like a fifteen-minute movie. That's hilarious. Yeah. Ah. it's pretty. Yeah, it's a cool little movie. Huh. Um. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe this is in the top four. Oh my god! All right, um, college college philosophy philosophy professor Mr. Radisson's curriculum is challenged by his new student Josh. <laughs> Lame. Is this a Drake and Josh movie? No, no, no. This is a uh, Jesus and Noah movie. Oh, God is not dead. God, God's not dead. Yep. Wow, they got top four. Is this the week that it released? No, no. The but pre- it did get a theatrical release. It's one of the few of those like Christian, yeah, that actually nationwide. This yeah. is uh, what is that? What's that website? Um, this is like a Ben Shabibo. Oh yeah, movie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Well, yeah, maybe. Oh, right. Yeah, the ones that did that uh, one about the kid who died for like a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the one about the girl who stops the, like, active shooter in the school. Yeah, they did a bunch of these movies. Ugh. Yeah, yeah that, that active shooter one was so bad. So bad. It's a cringy topic. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so coming in at number three. In a world <laughs> divided by factions based on virtues, Triss learns that she doesn't fit in. <laughs> When she discovers a plot to destroy those that don't, 
she and the mysterious four must find out what makes them so dangerous before it's too late. I, I love when it starts out so dramatic and serious and then it's just thrown asunder by a word like Trish. No, no, Tris. T-R-I-S. Oh, There's no oh, H. Tris, I see. Yes, it's short the, for Trish. I'm the sure. original spelling. <laughs> yes. The Hebrew Tris. That, okay, that extra H is just too much. <laughs> they cut it off at Ellis Island. Liberty Island. This All is right, part uh, of this is part of a YA series. Oh, one of those like Hunger Game type uh, type oh, things that was Ma- so popular Maze around that Runner? time. No, yeah, no, not no. Maze Runner. The other ones. Um, not Artemis oh, Fowl. Nope, not no. Artemis Fowl. It's like D. It starts with a D, right? Divergent. Yep. Yeah, Divergent. Wasn't there, there was like five or six of those series that tried to be a thing around that time. Getting that Harry Potter money. Yep. Um, Coming (laughs) in. (laughs) Coming in. You gotta go to that little troll bank if you want. (laughs) Bingo. Oh my God, is that Russell Crowe? I think that is. (laughs) That's what Russell Crowe says every morning when he steps into his bathroom. (laughs) Jesus Christ, am I Russell Crowe? Or Thoreau's, not looking, going or, Thoreau's not looking at his phone. He's looking out the window. Yeah, <laughs> Russell Crowe's. Russell Crowe's just. Per- <laughs> it's Russell Crowe, the master of crows. Is he? <laughs> is he perched in your tree outside? Yes. No, he, just he has a scarecrow. He's like, I live among the crows. <laughs> that's why that's, I that's am Russell Raven. They're very different. That's right. Some people believe the crow <laughs> takes your spirit. Be like, have you met my cousin yeah. Russell Dove? Um, all right. <laughs> Why do you have the same first name and two different last names? <laughs> People used to ask me if Joe could deny that all the time. Are you guys brothers? <laughs> I remember. What? <laughs> so, all right. Um, Russell Crowe is chosen by God <laughs> to take a momentous mission. Uh, uh, can you start over so we can hear words? <laughs> I'm sorry. Russell Crowe is chosen by God to undertake a momentous mission. God's about to be dead. Before an it's, apocalyptic uh, flood cleanses the world. Oh. Yeah, a man in his boat. Uh, <laughs> Noah. It's a new story. Noah. Yeah, it's, it's called Ham. Noah. Yeah. Was it called Noah? I thought it was Noah's Ark, but I guess that's too specific. Yeah, no, it's it was just Noah. straight called Not the Boat. Well, no. it was an interesting, it was an odd movie because it was... It was more about Noah than the flood of the boat. Is that Ridley Scott? I think no. So. Oh, was it? I don't know. It was just somebody. Then. Yeah, um, it wasn't directed by an, uh, oh, an AI. No, it was like directed by God. <laughs> well, you know, there, we watch so many movies where it's just a one-off director. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I think it was um, Christopher Nolan. No, it was not Nolan. No. no. I feel like it was Ridley Scott, but I can't say for certain without looking it up, which I oh, have no intention of up. doing. It's Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. That was Aronofsky? Auteur, that's what I should have Weird. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Um, And number one this week, as Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world, he teams up with fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Black Widow to battle a new threat from history, (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. An assassin. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. An assassin known as the Winter Soldier. Uh, number one, of course. Um, that is our box office top ten for the week, which means it's time for us to visit the character 
and comic book background, courtesy of Mr. Alaric Weber. Hi there. <laughs> um, I I learned a lot this week. Oh, <laughs> that's so wholesome. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I'm pretty sure when we watched the first Avenger, we kind of glossed over Bucky in anticipation of this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of things I didn't know. James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes Jr. Junior was his was his dad President Buchanan? No, it's not how names work. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, First appeared in Captain America Comics number one, um, March of nineteen forty one. Created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby for Timely Comics, which was Marvel's precursor. Uh, he was the teen sidekick to the adult Captain America in World War II. Um, more on that. Uh, first, I'll mention that the Winter Soldier um, first appeared in Captain America number one. I think this was volume five or so. Um, uh, that was in January 2005. Oh, okay. Yes. Very recent, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Bucky grew up an army brat with his sister, Rebecca, who was nicknamed Becca. So it was, uh, Bucky and Becca Barnes. <laughs> Our parents yeah. love alliteration. Yeah. Comic books. No, Stan Lee loved it. They were orphaned when his father is killed or when their father is killed during a training exercise at Camp Lehigh in Virginia. And they were adopted into the care of dad's colleague, Major Sampson. Huh. Uh, Bucky, uh, not Bucky, Becca, uh, she either went off to boarding school or went to live with her aunt, depending on who you ask. Um, <laughs> She's upstate on a farm. <laughs> uh, Buck, Bucky became the unofficial mascot of the army camp, uh, wearing mil- military uniform and uh, practicing drills and stuff, because, learning, mili- learning military life. Because because every military camp during World War II just had a kid hanging around to, to be their mascot. Well, Honestly, it, it probably, probably is not too far from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by his mid-teens, Bucky made a side career of smuggling goods into the camp for soldiers. Hmm. Like cigarettes and booze. I don't so know. So he was like red from Shawshank Redemption? Nudie mags. <laughs> yeah, he could get to you. He's um, in, rock oh, hammer. Uh, let's see. Uh, he would engage in training exercises with soldiers, showing natural ability in marksmanship and physical combat. In the original Timely Comics canon, Bucky befriends a new private, Stephen Rogers, in 1941. Later, Bucky walks in on Steve, putting away his Captain America costume. <laughs> and his ball gown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a euphemism. Right yeah. There. And Steve recruits Bucky to, <clears throat> excuse me, become his partner. Carry my uniform. Right. Like, You're my caddy. You're my yeah. caddy now. You and I, we have a thing. <laughs> in revised Marvel canon... Uh, Bucky's accidental discovery of Steve as Cap was a propaganda cover story. 
In fact, on Major Sampson's recommendation, 16-year-old Bucky underwent rigorous commando and special ops training before being assigned as Cap's partner, acting as backup, advanced scout, and a symbol of American youth and patriotism in counterpoint to the Hitler Youth. That makes sense. Uh, Bucky was at times called on to perform sniper missions and other less than noble tasks that the military did not want the living symbol of Captain America to perform himself. Yeah, so they got the teenager to do the dirty work that Cap wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah that's a that's how war works, actually. Um, Steve and Bucky would often work alongside Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. One mission involved the team visiting Wakanda and helping Black Panther against Nazi invaders, for which Steve is given a sample of vibranium, which is used to create the vibranium iron alloy of which Captain Cap's shield is made. And after that first taste, he was hooked. It's crazy <laughs> to think that the Nazis were invading Wakanda. Like, that's how far back Wakanda existed in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, becoming Cap's weapon of choice, uh, the shield. Uh, Bucky is also trained in its use. Uh, fun note, later attempts to recreate this alloy, the vibranium iron uh, that made Cap's shield, resulted in the creation of adamantium. Oh. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. universe. That makes sense. Uh, in the closing days of the war in 1945, Cap and Bucky find Baron Zemo trying to destroy an experimental alloyed, allied drone plane. Zemo launches the plane, armed with explosives, and our heroes jump aboard. Cap falls from the plane into the icy waters of the Arctic Ocean. This is not news to us. Bucky tries to disarm the bomb, and it explodes midair. Soon after... <laughs> Bucky disarmed. was disarmed. He, he unsuccessfully disarmed the bomb and disarmed That bomb played the Rosuno card on him. Unsuccessfully disarmed? I mean, it's just an either-or situation. <laughs> unsuccessfully disarming means he's <laughs> that it's armed. All right, I'm sorry. Soon after, Bucky... <laughs> soon after, Bucky is found by a Russian patrol submarine. Despite having no enhanced or superhuman traits, Bucky is alive, his body partially preserved by the freezing waters, and he is revived. I love how comic books, if you get if you get too cold, you don't freeze to death. You just go into cryogenic stasis. stasis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're just Disney's head. Be like, right, uh, yeah. put on a winter coat or you're going to fall asleep for 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bucky, lo Bucky has lost his left arm, suffers brain damage, and amnesia. It is discovered that he still retains his learned combat skills and instincts, and he is sent to the secret Soviet agency, Department X. You need Sign to have a whistle for below average intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Scientists give Bucky a bionic arm and hypnotic training. And he is used as a secret assassin called the Winter Soldier. In Russian, Zimnye Soldat. Between missions, <laughs> between missions, Bucky is kept in cryogenic stasis for months or years at a stretch. The Winter Soldier 
The Winter Soldier's bionic arm is regularly updated as technology improves. <laughs> um, to do, let's see. On is uh, somewhere in the seventies. Uh, he suffers a breakdown and goes missing after assassinating his target. This was on a mission in the United States. Um, it was unclear in the article whether it was during this time or later. But uh, Winter Soldier aided in the escape of Wolverine from weapon from the Weapon X lab. Huh. Only Do you think his breakdown came from going to like a grocery store. I don't know if you guys have seen those videos of like <laughs> people who are come from like communist countries and seen an American grocery store and they're just like, what? Yeah. The fuck? He yeah. saw a plastic bag and thought it was an IUD. <laughs> an IUD yeah. stops him from getting pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you he mean sets IUD. all the. He sets all the frozen food free. He's like, no, I'm Catholic. I don't believe in birth control. <laughs> I got, I'm rocking one arm. Um, so he uh, helped Wolverine escape only to later murder Wolverine's wife, Itsu. <laughs> Man. I, I, thought, I thought her name was like Honey Badger or something. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> so was that movie. Um, it's fucked sorry. Up. At some point, Winter Soldier shared a brief romantic affair with Natalia Romanoff while she was still a Russian operative. Woo! Spicy. And wow. she never ages. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's got slowed aging. Um, later, uh, Winter Soldier is sent to kill the Red Skull, who survives by placing his mind inside a damaged cosmic cube. Naturally. Uh, on Russian orders, Winter Soldier attacks Philadelphia, killing hundreds and recharging <laughs> the Cosmic Cube. Those are the orders. Kill Philadelphia. <laughs> the, the gang fights the Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Steve just chucks the Liberty Bell at people. Okay, sorry. He's a uh, statue of Rocky. Charlie yeah, gets up in the yeah. the vents. <laughs> like <crawling out. laughs> Steve Rogers finds evidence that the assassin is actually Bucky. After battling, Cap uses the cosmic cube on Bucky, saying, "Remember who you are." Um, Bucky's brain damage is repaired. <laughs> Bucky's brain damage is repaired and memories are restored. Overwhelmed by guilt, Bucky crushes the cosmic cube and escapes. And we'll leave it there as the events that follow will lead up to the Civil War storyline. Okay. Oh, fuck this cube. The cosmic cube is a super MacGuffin, man. It does all kinds of weird stuff. It does anything like they need it to do. Keeping minds, fixing brains. Oh, it's part hey, of yeah. it, people. It was part of Falcon's original thing too, wasn't it, Al? Yep, just mm -hmm. you wait. <laughs> uh, Samuel Thomas, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Introduced by Stan Lee and Gene Colan in Captain America number 117, September of 1969. Falcon was the first African-American superhero in mainstream comic books. That's incredible. 1969. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Black Panther, not American. Uh, he was the first 
African superhero came out in 66. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Sam Wilson. Uh, Does it say any memory of when Luke Cage dropped that same time frame, right? 72. 72. Okay. So yeah, shortly after. Um, Sam Wilson was born in Harlem, New York, son of a minister. Uh, Wilson had a happy childhood and finds he has a natural affinity for birds, taking up training pigeons, and he would have the largest pigeon coop in Harlem. Yes. <laughs> Norman Bates also had a... <laughs> and that, that Nazi apologist from the producers. Yeah. All right. Oh, right. Um, his uh, Sam's parents were killed tragically in separate events in his teens, but this did not stop him from becoming a respected community volunteer and social worker. Well, good. <laughs> his birds helped him keep it all together, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. So, so tell us, Al, how did how did Sam become involved with Marvel events? Um. So, as an adult, Sam is lured into an island, quote, in the tropics by a group of self-dubbed exiles who turn out to be former Nazis in league with Red Skull. Wait, wait, but do you, how did he get lured? Yeah, lured. Um, oh, so... <laughs> I know. Um, they, like, they put out an ad saying that they wanted a hunting falcon. He answered uh, a Craigslist ad to sell a falcon. <laughs> yeah, they promised him a giant seed bell. Right? Yeah, a discount on bird seed. Um, he just lands in the Bahamas bath of water. He answered an ad. I. Uh, there were two conflicting uh, things. Uh, one said that he uh, met and trained his falcon, Red Wing. Right. Before going to the island, and then another one said that he met and befriended the Falcon Red Wing on the island. <laughs> I gotcha. So befriended. Yeah. Um, Sam, uh, uh, once on the island, figuring this out, Sam organizes the enslaved natives in rebellion. Um, he finds and befriends a wild falcon with with which he feels a remarkably strong bond, and he names the Falcon <laughs> Red Wing. He's all, are you feeling this vibe? Or maybe the Falcon told him his name was Red Wing. Oh, well, wait, wait. But was this before? Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, uh, he also meets Steve Rogers on the island, who convinces him to adopt a persona <laughs> to inspire the natives in rebellion. The two create the Falcon persona and costume, train together, and defeat the exiles and Red the Skull. Two. Steve is like, it's, I, it's not enough for you to help help the enslaved people. You have to do it theatrically. <laughs> well, and I'm going to get half the credit. Yeah. Well, it's like well, Elvis. <laughs> I'm assuming there's a montage of them like sewing this costume together yep. and like him trying it on and looking in the mirror. And, him and Red Wing what training and talking. Dun, dun. And having not read it, I'm not sure if um, it wasn't until later that he found out that Steve Rogers was Captain America because he didn't he didn't meet Captain America right off the bat. He met Steve Rogers. Mm. So was Steve on vacation in this yeah, there, Nazi it was a, there island was a music where there are slaves? <laughs> he might have. It was like the Firefest. 
He <laughs> might have caught whispers of Red Skull being somewhere in the tropics. And they're like, no, it's Red Wing. So, all right. So, it's all non affiliated. <laughs> so, okay. So, what were, what were Sam's original powers here? Um, and how did he get them? So, uh, we're, we're getting there. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Tell, tell your narrative, Al. Okay. Um, the Falcon then became Cap's regular crime fighting partner. Um, uh, he has a. He has a link. Uh, this comes up later, so I might repeat myself. Uh, he has a a link to his Falcon Red Wing um, that is confirmed to be telepathic. Um, and he can see through the eyes of Red Wing, his, right. his Falcon. What, and how did he gain uh, those powers? Um, Practice? Through food. Um, the <laughs> Red Skull created this link using the cosmic cube there we go the cosmic so cube. sam's powers were talking to birds no a bird a, yeah one bird yes one bird that was okay it. that was it yeah that's called psychosis okay well, and and it was given to him by a nazi yeah yep. yes so yeah um uh the falcon then became calf's regular crime fighting partner uh, later, Wilson is aided by Black Panther, who creates the wing harness that allows him to fly. Hmm. Awesome. At some point, uh, Falcon was named head of a S.H.I.E.L.D. team known as the Super Agents. Later, Wilson was recruited into the Avengers to fulfill a mandated racial quota. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Wow. Resentful, oh, resentful of being a token... Wilson quits the Avengers at first opportunity. That's an how interesting storyline. Yeah. Yeah. How weirdly self-aware of Stanley and then not. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. uh, there was a point in time when the Falcon had the, the moniker of Falcon, but could not fly. And yes. his only ability was to talk to a bird and see through the bird's eyes. Yes. Yeah. That is a really limited power set. Yeah, there's weird. a mind song in there. I know. Yeah, you'd, you'd think he wouldn't be like Falcon. He'd be like Bird Talker Man or, or something. Guy, just guy that bird runs eye. and jumps. Eagle Eye. Like, um, the the whole uh, Avengers thing. I didn't get a year on that, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know what era that was. I don't think that was in the seventies. I think that was much later. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes, it was. Um. <clears throat> So uh, we mentioned that Wilson exhibits a close bond with his Falcon Red Wing, which is confirmed by Professor X to be a telepathic link. The Red Skull later claims to have created this link using the Cosmic Cube for some insane Red Skull reason. <laughs> Over- I needed a guy who could talk to birds. It's part of every plot. A bird. A bird. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Over time, Wilson learns to extend this telepathic link to other birds, allowing him to control them and see through their eyes, and sometimes causing him to hunt small rodents. (laughs) He's like, no, no, guys, I swear, it's not just the one bird. I can talk to that bird, too. Watch. Sit there. No, fly away. Fly away. Poop. All right. See, he did it. Watch out for the power line. Is that a two-way connection? Can he get, like, overpowered by a bird? It's like, eat the bird seed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or, the, or a, like a crow that just argues. 
Fuck you. I'm not doing like, that. My pockets are full of buttons and coins. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I keep waking up with pockets full of weird shit. <laughs> uh, Falcon's original wing harness featured detachable jet-powered glider wings. Jet, jet-powered glider wings made of lightweight titanium and mylar. The wings were covered with thin solar panels to power high-speed turbine fans in his uniform and boots. Nice. So the Black Panther didn't use vibranium to make him. Well, no. it's too heavy, maybe. <laughs> it's I just thought, interesting. I, He's like, ah, we'll give him the cheap stuff. Hit him with the titanium and the mylar. He's yeah. American. He'll never notice the difference. <laughs> He's just talking to birds. <laughs> Yo, right here. Sam. Sam. Um, <laughs> imagine if the MCU... Sam standing on top with- of my car taking a dump. <laughs> Shoot. Just have a broom nearby. <laughs> Imagine if those powers were carried on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Just him talking to birds. Yeah. Um, After the original harness was destroyed in 2004, uh, Black Panther created a new one with an emitter array that creates holographic hard light wings that could form different cruise configurations with thrust provided by a magnetic drive. (laughs) <laughs> magnetic hard light that's interesting hard, hard light yeah hmm. uh, i'm trying to remember where else i heard the the hard light construct concept um, i mean i assume that's like an iron man kind of like energy field shield kind of thing yeah. like colson's shield that you see in later seasons of iron man just keep yeah. my fist up in front of the camera <laughs> Um, other comic book characters that we saw that we didn't del- that I didn't delve into. Um, we've got uh, Brock Rumlow in comics. He was a mercenary once codenamed Frag, later codenamed Crossbones by Red Skull. Frag, um, and he uh, saw him first in 1989. Hmm. Uh, he was that Rumlow guy, and uh, yeah. his his uniform had the the cross. Right. The what? X on it. And he had a resembled. helmet that had a skull. Yeah. That resembled crossbones um, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yep. We will see him again. Right. But yeah, they did the character yeah. well. Yeah, they set him up. Yeah. Um, Sharon Carter, Agent 13. Um, she's been around since 1966, looking good. And she, she calls herself Agent 13. This is the only she time does. Yeah. that we hear her say that. But that well, was yeah. neat. Well, yeah, because, because S.H.I.E.L.D. gets immediately disbanded after her introduction. <laughs> what are the other 12 agents? Who are they? Was it Danny Did Pudi? Did they matter? <laughs> um, well, it was... Uh, oh, God damn it. Brad Pitt and... Um, Oh, George, George Clooney, Clooney George and Clooney. Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, Ocean's 12. Yeah. Don um, Cheadle. Don Cheadle before Cheadle. he became yeah. War Machine. War Machine. Um, okay, so uh, Arnim Zola, who we saw mm, in yep. First Avenger, um, a Nazi biochemist who survived into the modern age by transferring his conscious mind into a sophisticated robot. Which displayed a digital image of Zola's face <laughs> on its chest plate. Have you guys instead of using the serums that he had been experimenting yeah. on forever? Yeah. yeah. Have That's you guys have you guys seen what Zola looked like in the comics? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like practically like a um a uh Krang. A, 
Yeah, Krang or or uh, what's his face? The uh, the 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 big head guy. Um, uh, they just oh, Modok. Oh, um, Modok. Yeah, yeah Modok. it's like a Modok level of design of that character. Yeah, <clears throat> with a tiny robot head on top. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> let, so uh, let's see. Okay, so 1977 was the first time we saw that character in comics. Uh, Jasper Sitwell, Shield agent since 1966. Mm. Um, wow. Unlike in this movie, uh, Jasper Sitwell was a loyal Shield agent to the end. Right. And we actually saw him uh, in, I think, both in Captain America. The no, not the first Avenger. We did uh, Avengers. We saw him in Avengers, Avengers. Um, and briefly uh, in Thor. Oh, that's right. Endgame. That's Endgame, right. right. Are we talking about Robert Redford? No, 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 no. Sit well, the uh, bald dude, bald dude. Gotcha. Oh, yes, him. Yeah, yeah. He was interspersed throughout Agents of Shield and uh, one shots too. Mm. Yes, that is correct. And he's he's in the elevator scene again in Endgame. Yeah. When they recreate. Yeah. 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 Um. No, uh, Redford's character was not from the comics. Really? Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And finally, we have Georges Batrock, the Leaper. Yes, Batrock yeah. the Leaper. Batrock, yeah. A French mercenary and kickboxer. That character has been around since 1966. Have any of you watched um, the animated Ultimate Spider-Man series? Some, a few episodes. There were a couple episodes that featured the Leaper. In a rather comical way, he had these leg bracers um, that enhanced his leaping and uh, kicking abilities. And every time he jumped, he would say, leap, leap, <laughs> leap. Capoeira. Brazil. Well, yeah, that's because Batrock looked like this. Yeah, he had the mustache. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like yeah. it's like a, He's like Wario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I was very impressed that they actually kept his color scheme going in this movie, and it didn't yeah. look terrible. They yeah. did it was a lot. really subtle way of yeah right. pulling right. more comic elements, like in. Zemo, for example. Yeah, like he yeah. looked wacky in the comics, even that big fur thing. But mm -hmm. it, it made so much sense. It was just a winter coat and a, a mask. He slides over. Yeah, they they do that shit well. And uh, unless I missed any, I believe that was it. All right. Great. Nice. Well, thank you, Al. Uh, Apart from the ones we've seen already, Maria Hill. Yeah, um, yeah all, all of the ones we've yeah, talked all, about previously. All those. Yeah. yeah. You have unsuccessfully disarmed that information. <laughs> you have. So, all right, that brings us to the film production. This was directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, the Russo brothers. Um, they uh, got their start. Um, they went to film school, and then they made a student film, which was seen... Um, at a festival by Mr. Ronald Howard, who oh. then asked them if they would be willing to come and direct some episodes of Arrested Development for him. Um, so they got their start on Arrested Development. Uh, I mean, they did a few films in that time while Arrested Development was around. Um, Welcome to Collinwood in 2002, Yumi hmm. and Dupree in 2006. Uh, and then uh, they got they start they started doing more television stuff. Um, LAX, what about Brian? Um, and a little show called Community with yeah. Dan Harmon. 
They got this job specifically because Kevin Feige was a fan of the paintball episode of Community, which anyone who has not watched that should. It's one of the best episodes of television I have ever seen. Yeah, Fistful of Paintballs. Yeah. Or is and that the sequel? That's the sequel one, isn't it? Oh, a that's full of paintballs. I can't remember what the first yeah. one's called. But anyways, yeah, yeah, so good. But um, yeah. So wasn't it? A, it was a two-parter, right? It was a two-parter, but wasn't the, right. But then a few paintballs more. But I'm not sure. Oh, maybe a fistful right. of paintballs was the first one. But then there was a, like another paintball episode the following season too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Sawyer. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but yeah, that first paintball. <laughs> Jeff waking up in the car and it's saying one hour later is one of my favorite moments in all of television. <laughs> I love it. Chevy Chase's like evil den, almost like the cantina. Yeah. And there's a, what's her name? Fat Donna or something. Yeah. She's all dancing for Twinkies. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's just Jeff. She happens to love Twinkies. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So that, um, the Russo brothers, of course, uh, they got the they got the call for this based on that episode. Um, they put together, um, apparently, they put together their ideas for it and a fake trailer, presented it to Feige, and he said, "All right, you're hired." Um, and a, a fair amount of uh, community stars have been in these movies. Danny Pudi does have a cameo in this. Uh, Civil War. Oh. We've got uh, what's his face, the dean. Um, oh yeah, as the dean. oh. Rash, Jim Rash, yeah. And then, Jim- um, Endgame is um, I can't remember Nicole Brown something. Yeah, yeah. Chevy yeah. Chase is in a helicarrier suit, right? <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the iron asshole suspended in the background. Yeah. And and of and of course Donald Glover uh, plays Miles Morales's uncle in uh, Homecoming. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, uh, that's the Russos. Um, we will Wait, see them. And uh, Doctor Ken. Is in Endgame as well. Oh, He's that's a storage right. Storage facility. Yeah, Ken. So Chang, a little spare Chang. Throwing in there. <laughs> I I know those vents like the back of my Chang. My Chang. <laughs> Do you have some room in that pocket for a little spare Chang? <laughs> oh my God, I love Community. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, we'll see them again, of course, uh, in Civil War and Endgame and Infinity War. Um, this was written. By uh, Marcus and McFeely. Uh, Christopher Marcus, Stephen McFeely. This is their first, uh, well, not their first MCU. They had they had a writing credit on Thor, but that was more of a, they did a pass on a finished script. This is, they have a full writing credit on this one. But um, uh, we talked about them previously. They did the Narnia movies, then moved on into becoming like the MCU kind of script guys. Mark. Marcus and McFeely sound like two guys that sell tonics town to town. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, um, once again, we've got or Chris. Bus a- lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were you hit by a bus? Call Marcus and McFeely. <laughs> totally. Uh, we've got in our cast uh, Chris Evans back as Captain America, Scarlett Johansson back as Black Widow, Sebastian Stan back as. Bucky Barnes slash the Winter Soldier. Uh, new cast, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson. Anthony Mackie, um, he got his start. Uh, his very first film role was uh, playing Papa Doc in 8 Mile. He got beat rapping by Eminem. Oh, huh. huh. <laughs> um, 
He was, uh, let's see, he was in the uh, 2003 Manchurian Candidate remake, uh, Million Dollar Baby. Uh, oh, Half Nelson. That was a that was a decent movie. Um, we Are Marshall. He he did a Eagle Eye. He did a bunch of. Um, he was like third build in like 15 movies throughout the mm-hmm. the uh, 2000s. Um, the Adjustment Bureau. That was pretty good, actually. Um, Black Mirror is where I remember him from most. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Incredible in that. Um, yeah, he was in Pain and Gain. Uh, and then uh, after getting this, this kind of put him on the map. Um, Altered Carbon for Netflix. Oh, I only saw the first episode of that. Yeah, I think he's in the, the end of the first episode, or he's throughout the first season now. Okay. Um, Kobe Smolders is back as Maria Hill. Um, Frank Grillo is uh, here as Brock Rumlow. Um, <laughs> he has a, in real life. He has a villain name. I know <laughs> Frank Grillo. Yeah, um, he got he got to start his first movie with in 1992. He was in the Mambo Kings. Um, he was in Minority Report, which is funny because this is kind of like a Minority Report idea behind in this film i do love that movie that movie is great uh when we get to 2002 <laughs> wait yeah um somebody's nominating that for our monthly movie um if it's not someone else it's gonna be me uh let's see we got um we didn't do 2002 yet did we what year was no, no. what was that what year did we do what was a? Uh... we did 2000 and no, then 2000... we did 2015 no there's another 2001 the one where we had uh um, the 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 Elvis movie that we did. What year was that? I can't remember. Um. Anyways, we got uh. Let's see. Uh, Frank Grillo. He was in uh, Edge of Darkness, Warrior. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's Frank Grillo. Zero Dark Thirty again. Um, we will see him again in Captain America: Civil War. And he has said recently that don't be surprised if you see Crossbones pop up in Phase Four here and there. He, it would make sense if he shows up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It sure. would. It would. Um, uh, spoiler alert, but doesn't he die in Civil War? Yeah, isn't he blown up? No. The explosion, yeah. she moves the explosion away from both of them. Yeah. Um, I, but I thought he was in the explosion. Um, yeah. Because well, it was the bomb fest. It's comic uh, books. Everybody can live. Yeah. You can live. Exploding. Yeah. yeah. His suit. <laughs> exactly. And plus multiverse. I mean you know yeah so um all right so uh we have emily what did they say um uh it was it was the the bucky claws um that was uh the only people that stay dead are uncle ben and bucky uh bucky jason todd and uncle ben um and all three of them actually came back <laughs> wait yeah. did uncle so, did uncle ben come back one more day uh, and alter yeah all right like an alternate universe, Uncle Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Emily Van Camp is Sharon Carter. Uh, she got her start um, on the WB drama Everwood. Uh, she was on Brothers and Sisters, which ran for three years, which my wife watched. <laughs> I remember vaguely it. Um, she was in Revenge from 2011 to 2015. That was kind of her big break. And then, of course, she... Uh, Start as Sharon Carter. We will see her again in Civil War and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the series, which 
we may or may not talk about at some point. Um, Charles Robert Redford <laughs> um, as Alexander. Uh, uh, what was his last name? Reese Reed Pierce. Pierce. Thank you. I'm uh, sorry to do this, but another great community joke when um, Rob Cordry is a lawyer and he's meeting back up with Joel. He's all tango Sundance. We had different <laughs> partners. <laughs> Uh, um, Robert Redford, of course, is, I mean, he's Robert Redford. Um, Jude, I was like, hey, Robert Redford. And Jude was like, who? I died a little inside, but. um, Well, yeah. 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 Uh, Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Jeremiah Johnson. Absolutely. Did you show Jude Jeremiah Johnson? Oh, he, I haven't showed him Jeremiah Johnson, but he knows the meme. Oh, cause yeah, that movie's incredible. Yeah. That movie is recently. I watched that one a lot as a kid. Yeah. I watched that all four years of high school in different classes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. My teachers love that shit. And so did I. Yeah. Um, Redford's first movie was War Hunt in 1962. Um, of course, he started, uh, you know, hitting the big time when he was uh, in uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Sting. Uh, way we were, all the president's men, ordinary people, um, out of Africa, river runs through it. Quiz show. I mean, he's Robert Redford. Um, the natural, right? Oh, the natural. The natural. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Sam. Well, J- and he was also president and governor of California in The Watchmen. So that's right. Well, HBO's that's right. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, he's the liberal. Uh, yeah, huh. yeah, the the liberal version of uh, Reagan. Yeah, um, in Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, Sam Jack- well, Nixon's still president of Watchmen. Well, okay, yeah, but, yeah, but in the, in the Watchmen version. series. Gotcha. Yeah, Word. yeah. Sorry. Uh, it was a cool follow-up. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Sam Jackson is back as Nick Fury. Um, Toby Jones was... Uh, um, Zola. Yeah, back as Zola. Uh, we saw him last time in uh, First Avenger. Gary Shandling was back as uh, Senator Stern. Incredible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's cool to hear him Great. say... Well, I- <gasps> 100. Great way to tie him back into the universe, too. <laughs> I feel like he was improving a lot of his lines there. Yeah. Uh, this movie made me want to uh, start whispering Hail Hydra into the ears of my students at school. <laughs> Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> there are particular ones that, that might get it and not yeah. think I'm evil. Yeah. Hail Hydra. Uh, um, Georges... Keep- Keep them on their toes. Yeah. Georges St. Pierre as uh, Georges Batraco. We got to keep his first name. Um, Maximiliano Hernandez was back as Jasper Sitwell. Um, and of course, we had uh, Danny Pudi doing a cameo as the guy <laughs> that's sitting there. Um, and uh, cameos from uh, Thomas Kretschmann, Henry Goodman, Elizabeth Olsen, and Aaron Taylor Johnson um, as Wolfgang von Strucker, Dr. List, Wanda, and Pietro Maximoff in the uh, yeah. mid credit sequence. Uh, vo- voice cameo by Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise is the voice in the museum, like he oh! does in the Smithsonian. That's, That's a real right. thing that he does. Um, and this is our first Russo movie. This is our first Russo, Joe Russo. Er, Joe Russo, right? Or is it Anthony? Yeah, it was Joe. Joe and yeah. his son. Oh, right. Is the kid that Cap salutes. Oh, or, or okay. 
to be shushed. And they're in the end game again. Yeah. Uh, he's in the support group, and then his yep. kids are asking Hulk for an autograph. You know? He's also briefly in Civil War too in the bathtub. Hmm. He's the doctor <laughs> that Zemo impersonates. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so um, this movie has ninety uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I collected one star reviews only to read. Um, Timothy Russo burgers, <laughs> Russo burgers. <laughs> Timothy mm. P- Timothy P writes so boring. This is easily the worst Marvel movie. I literally have never been able to watch it in one sitting. I was forced to by other people, and the whole thing is just crap. <laughs> if someone was... tells you they like this movie, their entire personality is probably like that one Bryce Willis movie that Jake Peralta likes. <laughs> Which is Die Hard. Bryce Willis. <laughs> Bryce Willis. Bryce Willis. I'm thinking like Bryce Dallas Howard or whatever. Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> uh, Lindley L. writes, it was slow and boring. The quite reasonable action scenes didn't make up for the long and boring interactions between Evans and Johansson. Not worth a 90% score. Hancock was more exciting. <laughs> Dude, these people need their heads examined. Do they fall? <laughs> right? Um... I really liked Captain America, the first Avenger. It actually felt like a movie, unlike most movies in the MCU. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for this one. All Captain America does in this movie is run away from a bunch of bad guys with guns. Yawn. There's no character development. Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, is boring. Overall, this movie was a huge, boring, uninspiring disappointment. This is one of the worst movie sequels of all time. Wow. There, there was no character development. Literally, what? Bucky is a totally different character than right. just the first movie we just saw. And also, this is one of the worst movie sequels of all time. Yeah, this is like Empire Strikes Back level of like sequel. Right. I yeah. Um Leprechaun in the Hood would like to have a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> Attack, Attack of, of the, the Clones, man. Right. Killer tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, um, and the final one I have, maybe if they never made another Marvel movie, this would have been good. Every other Marvel movie is better than this one. See my other reviews for proof of this. This is Matthew T. And I went and looked at his other reviews. And he rated every single Marvel movie as five stars. And the only thing he wrote was better than the Winter Soldier. (laughs) He's thorough. I'll give him that much. Glad you checked. (laughs) And that is is the proof (laughs) that he offers that they're better. His reviews of them. The worst thing, he's never heard of the never-ending story, too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Gremlins too. Like we could go on. Oh, come on. That was classic. Yeah, it's beautiful. But it is one of my favorite sequels. And I love sequels. It is great. But yeah, seriously. Um, all right. That's all I got. Guys, are you ready to jump into the movie? Um <laughs> bef- before we get started, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> <laughs> I can't I- do this show until you repeat a series of random words. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, all right. Was it like train car, popsicle, homecoming, woman, television, woman, man, person, man. camera, TV, <laughs> drawing of a horse, <laughs> <laughs> drawing of a horse? Uh, all right, here we go. This is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh. 
We open in Washington, D.C. Sam Wilson is running, running around the reflecting pool. He's lapped numerous times by Steve Rogers. They talk, discuss the experience of being a veteran. Then Steve gets picked up by Black Widow for a mission. She t- Sam also recommends Trouble Man. Marvin Gaye. Oh, the yes. album by Marvin Gaye, yeah. the soundtrack to the movie Trouble and Man. And I absolutely love the little detail of Cap carrying around a notepad and earnestly writing these things down. You know, I okay. Just, it's okay, so, all right. So humanizing. I love it. I meant to do this. I forgot to. Al, did you happen to make note of the notepad and possible no- other notepads? Possible yeah, other notepads? You mean so, notes? <laughs> there, there are, I don't know if you guys know this or not, there are different note pads in different country versions of this movie. Yes. Uh, different dubs have different sub, uh, different lists. I actually took a photo. All right. So what was on his notepad, Al? So, um, I love Lucy, moon landing, Berlin Wall in parentheses up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasselhoff. Uh, Obviously, yes. his performance. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Um, Steve Jobs, uh, Apple. Disco, Thai food, Star Wars slash Trek. Um, Nirvana, in parentheses, band. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rocky, Rocky 2, in parentheses. <laughs> and finally, Trouble Man soundtrack. And no Rocky 4? Oh, that would have been a good one. But um, yeah. and Star Wars is crossed out, meaning he actually did watch Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just love it's such a detail. Yeah. So, and in other countries, for instance, in Britain, it mentions uh, the Beatles. Um, France mentions Daft Punk. Uh, um, the yeah, that's the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. England boiled food. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, all right. Uh, oh, and Black Widow's her text uh, to him. She had a little smiley, winky smiley face. Um, I appreciated the them bonding over the bed, feeling too soft. Oh, yeah. right. Um, feels like a marshmallow. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Feels like a marshmallow. I've um, heard prisoners say the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't sleep s- on a regular bed. We see that later with Falcon and the Winter Soldier where Bucky is still sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then we cut to over the Indian Ocean in a Quinjet. We find out that the mission is to liberate a shield vessel that was captured by pirates led by a villain named Batrock. They have hostages, including Jasper Sitwell, a shield. Batrock. 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 I'm going to give you a disease. Batrock. Uh, we're introduced to Brock Lumlow, <laughs> another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, they have Jasper Sitwell as a hostage. Natasha is trying to get Steve to start dating, but he's not interested. And he jumps out of the plane <laughs> without a parachute into the ocean. Classic. This is one of my line. favorite characterizations of Black Panther, or Black Panther, Black Widow throughout the the whole MCU. She is just his wingman. She is just his very good friend. They are both very attractive people. They are both very available, but all she wants is just Steve to be happy. And she knows that Steve would never be happy with her. Right. She's had an incredible arc. Not to argue with that due to (laughs) reviews, but each movie she appeared in, she became more of a whole character. Absolutely. Um, I loved that they did not shove in a romance with them in this movie. 
It would yeah, have been so, so easy. Glad. But it or with so Steve glad. at all. Yes. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the closest we get is later on where he visits a bedridden elderly woman. Well, and yeah, he the asks with... the elderly bedridden woman's niece to coffee. That's right. Mm-hmm. So he does make a, a, a you know an attempt, but uh, but the Cap movie is, happens. Yeah, he's fairly myopic, and you know always has been. Yeah, he's in love with the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's yeah he wants to right and wrong. Yeah, it's the fight. Yeah. It's standing up. That's more important to him than his personal life. So, um, so all right, Steve, um. Boards the vessel, takes out a number of pirates before the others parachute onto the boat. Uh, Cap and the team, they go about the rescue, rescue the hostages. Cap defeats Batrock, who does do some leaping and kicking. I noticed a lot <laughs> yeah. of leaping and kicking. Well, and and GSP, George St. Pierre, did a lot of the stunts, too. He's, mm. he's I don't, did we mention that he is an MMA fighter? He's a champion. He wore, wore the belt for years. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he's an incredible person to watch MMA fights from this era. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, all right, they he discovers Black Widow's mission was to secure data, not hostages, and she does so, putting it on a thumb drive. The the all the the fight sequences on the boat are incredible. Yeah. Oh, all the fight uh, sequences in this movie are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, but yeah, that starts the action. Yeah, a black widow tying her little harness thing around the guy's throat and then backflipping down and shooting a bunch of people. One of my favorite shots in this whole movie. Right. And uh, I loved her. I loved her line to start it off when a guy turns around. And just, hey, sailor. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, well, I love every action sequence she's in. And we got yeah. all these cool little comic nods, like uh, like with Batrock's um, uh, purple and yellow thing. Um, Black Widow had her bracelets that had like the zip line thing in it, like all those yeah. little comic things. The electric the, shock uh, bracelet. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Because then later on, yeah. we know Rumblow's like, that doesn't work on me. Because they call the, the Widow's Sting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Widow's Sting, which is. Which I'm assuming were, were a stark update to her costume mm. her only we, we hear about enemy. one other stark update in the in the movie but i assume that that was one came from him as like a gift yeah they are close it would make right. sense um so all right uh back in dc at shield headquarters cap confronts nick fury about not being told about black widow's mission nick's like you don't need to know and then shows him a secret shield project called project insight it's three new helicarriers, heavily armed and able to link to satellites to preemptively take out perceived threats. Steve is not thrilled with that. His story is not as convincing as he thinks it is about his dad or his granddad walking down the street with a bag full of ones and a 22 Magnum. Yeah. No, it he's is like, not. Yeah, I got this is my paper bag and my 22 Magnum. And he's like, you are going to kill people with this thing. Like, your, your granddad never killed anybody. He just threatened to kill him with it. Right. I liked upstairs. Uh, Fury said, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Yeah. That I line is so much funnier after Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yes. So much. Like, in, so retro- in retrospect. It is. Yeah. They, all their retcon stuff is fantastic. Yes. I think we mentioned it in Thor. It's so fun to see these scenes in their context. 
like the elevator and mm-hmm. shit like that. And then to know they're like, oh, that is the day that Thor and Rocket were there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the day Cap fooled everyone in the elevator and got the. Yeah. I love it. Peggy. Well, and we, we haven't been to the Smithsonian yet, right? That's that's later. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. Um, I saw a tweet. There are obviously problems with it, but um, somebody's like, the MCU should have gone back and um, implied that all the Stan Lee cameos was Steve at different points in time. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the World War II buddies and the... Uh, well, anyways, I thought yeah. it was cute. Yeah, that there's is. not a lot of evidence for it, but yeah, there's more evidence that the Stanley cameos are all is you know he's an agent of the Watchers thanks to James Gunn and <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, um, I had wrote this point down later, but since you brought up Stanley, did we consider Stan when we awarded the Harmony for actor in most movies? Oh, oh we, didn't. we didn't. No, but um, all right, he gets one. I think. I th- I don't think he would have. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't think about Stan. I have to look at that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't think of him as an actor, but he is playing a different character every single time. Yeah. Unless he's, um, unless he's not. <laughs> unless he's an agent for the Watchers and isn't. So I'll have to go back and uh, see because that was for the first one hundred. Um, I'll have to see how many movies he was in prior to. Um. Mm-hmm. All superheroes must die. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, then, um, uh, then he goes to uh, visit his display at the Smithsonian. Um, he sees a uh, video of Peggy, and then goes and visits Peggy herself, who is very aged and suffering from dementia. Um, they have a heart of sad, sad conversation. She this she is... coughed her memories away. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people that do that on the reg, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was clearly medicinally uh, taking marijuana. Yeah, um, this this is one of those moments in context, looking at it and going like, so she is now seeing youthful Steve. This is the original timeline with the whole loop thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting to consider that in an alternate timeline he would have been there by her bedside. Yeah. Or at the, at the same age. Or was she freaking out? Cause she's now seeing young Steve after she watched Steve grow old. Right. You know, you That's, can interpret oh, yeah. it either way. Oh, well, so Marcus yeah, and Mephilia have stated that have stated that when they wrote this, they intended the husband she speaks of to be Steve having traveled back in time. But they said hmm. that, after Endgame, and there's no way to yeah. verify well, that they're not full of shit. And I think the Russos said that it happened in an alternate universe. They both had like different opinions for a while, and yeah. now there's been some sort of like middle ground that they've kind of come to well, publicly. I'm, I'm sure Feige has what's considered yeah. the official, whether it was I'm, alternate or not. I have a feeling that at some point in future, in some future property, they will establish what actually happened. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, so, all right. Uh, meanwhile, Nick Fury finds he can't access the secret info on the thumb drive that Natasha got because it's been locked under his own authority. Uh, we cut to Alexander Pierce, Secretary of Internal Security and a member of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Security Council. He's having a Security Council meeting. Nick arrives and, due to the uh, weird thing with the thumb drive, asks him to delay Project Insight. Alexander agrees to do it. Uh, then Steve goes and visits Sam Wilson at the VA. 
Sam tells him about his past as a pararescue soldier. Uh, cut back to Nick Fury. He's driving. He makes a call to Maria Hill to have her come down to D.C., after which he's subjected to a pretty typical police interaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's reasons for it, but he kills a lot of people. He does. A lot of bystanders. He does. Yeah. Oh, yes. The bystanders in this chase and the gunplay and everything, that's bad. Right. Plowing but, into people's cars. And, but yeah. a very Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Comic oh, yeah. Book accurate. You want to see lateral damage. damage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. Doesn't mean he don't care. He no. don't care. And also the whole, you want to see my lease? Like, in 2021, in 2014, it was a little... uh in 2014, that was rough. In 2021, it's even more so. <laughs> like the police and the black man in a... I mean... Fancy car. Yeah, yeah I, it, make, it makes me wonder, because there's so much improv in the MCU. If if Sam Jackson was like, no, I'm going to talk shit to the cops right now. Right. Because mm-hmm. I imagine I imagine there being like a written line where it's like, just tell him you're the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, just going to say, technically, he him. outranks everyone. Yeah. 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 He's like second only to the president, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Pierce yeah. somehow. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah. They don't have badges. I don't think we've ever seen a S.H.I.E.L.D. officer flash a badge. Maybe on the TV show. TV show. No, they have badges. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. And I actually have some unanswered questions later to ask about S.H.I.E.L.D. But, um, all right. So, uh, he's attacked by Hydra agents posing as police. He manages to, uh, flee from them in his, his car, which I assume is not stock. <laughs> like that. No, well, it, it was made by whoever made Kit. A cool, yeah. It <laughs> was comic I, book reference with the flying car. You know, the propulsion right. system being offline, though. Yeah, we didn't get to see a flying Nick Fury. Uh, I made the note that uh, this SUV was like Kit with no personality. Yeah, <laughs> or too much. So um, he almost gets away from them when his car gets flipped over by. A mysterious masked soldier with a metal arm. <laughs> That's the giveaway. Uh, I got to hand it to you, Bucky. <laughs> uh, Nick manages to cut a hole through the roof and the pavement below, escaping into the sewers. That night? <laughs> His natural habitat. Yeah. That night, Cap arrives home. Yeah, where he sets up a lab. <laughs> yeah, a lab. <laughs> that night, Cap arrives home, flirts with the nurse that lives next door, and finds Nick Fury in his apartment. Nick tells him the apartment's bugged, he's in danger, and then Nick gets shot through the wall. He gives the- Steve the thumb drive. Um, then uh, the next-door neighbor reveals that she's not a nurse. She's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent assigned to protect him, Agent 13. <laughs> um, under- so Sharon is on the phone as Steve walks up the stairs. Was she actually on the phone with Peggy, who is like in a home with dementia, not doing too well? Because we see her talking to her later, but during the daytime. Or was she just standing outside her apartment pretending to be on the phone? (laughs) Yeah, waiting to talk to Steve. I think that's more likely (laughs) than anything else. Just pretending to have a conversation with her aunt. Yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, Steve Steve chases after... um, the shooter, who turns out to be the mysterious soldier with the metal arm. Ah! The soldier gets away. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop doing that. Dayman. <laughs> Dayman! Oh. Fighter of the Nightman! Um, so, um, <laughs> Master of Karate and Friendship. 
for it was everyone. more of a... I actually thought about it, um, and I was wondering if it wasn't, in fact, the Wilhelm scream stretched out and like digitally enhanced. Oh, huh? Or Chewbacca pitched up. Yeah, <laughs> three octaves. Yeah, he got the Vin Diesel deal. He just comes in, voiceovers bounces. Uh, yeah, because I guess the the scream I'm doing is more like. Uh, um, Come from the land of ice and snow than anything else. Oh, the immigrants, huh? Yeah. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, um, where where Bucky catches the shield, that was such a cool shot. Yeah, it really was. Uh, um, so he gets away. Cap takes Nick to the hospital where he's joined by Natasha and Maria Hill. They watch Nick apparently die on the operating table. Nat and Cap say goodbye to Nick. And Maria says, I have to take the body with me. Then the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, led by Rumlo, <laughs> arrive to take Cap <laughs> to back to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. She's like, I have a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> Me and the dude from uh, How I Met Your Mother are going to have some hijinks. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, before Cap heads back to S.H.I.E.L.D., though, he hides the thumb drive in a vending machine. Back it's behind. Was it Hubba Bubba or Bubblicious? It was Hubba Bubba. Hubba Bubba. Oh, man, I miss those disgusting gums. I was talking about that the other day. The watermelon was my personal favorite. Yeah, yeah. all 15 seconds of the flavor. and then <laughs> Right. It's a little longer than rubber. Stripe. Yeah, exactly. But not much. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Tetradoxin B. Oh, we don't get there yet. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, Nick being uh, dead. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um... Back at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, Cap meets with Pierce, where he tells Cap about Nick's history with S.H.I.E.L.D., asks him why Nick was at the apartment. Pierce tells him that Batrock was hired to hack the ship. The story is that Batrock was hired to hack the ship by Nick as a cover for the sale of classified information. But Pierce tells Cap he doesn't believe that. He thinks Nick was set up and he's going to find out who does it. But Cap refuses to tell him why Nick was at the apartment that night as Nick told Cap not to trust anybody, and Cap clearly doesn't trust Alexander Pierce. Is the truth somewhere in between these things? Well, I don't... Did did Fury hire Batrock in order to have this this whole thing go down the way that it needed to go down to get the information? I think Mm. possibly uh, Natasha mentions that when we see her again. One of her lines that I thought was a throwaway line at first, um, but... uh, uh, when Cap tells her the theory that Pierce just said, she says, makes sense. He knew the boat was dirty, so he would need a way in. Yeah, yeah. it's that's that was kind of one of my oh. unanswered questions is how much is like what what really went down? Who really ordered everything to happen? I mean, because yeah, there's a shell game going on. Yeah, right. yeah, or two so of clan, them clandestine. Yeah. yeah, I I apologize. This was a way back, a ways back in Steve's apartment. Uh, we uh, when Fury is down, um, Agent Thirteen calls him Foxtrot on the radio. Oh, oh yeah, that's his, um, yeah, of which is F in the the NATO alphabet. But could it also be because he just loves to dance? <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Dun, 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 dun. I I would love to see. Nick Fury doing the Foxtrot. <laughs> or moving comically in Amazing. any way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on his way out of uh, Pierce's office in the elevator, he's attacked by a team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. 
And one that, oh my God, the elevator scene. Ooh. Oh, badass. So badass. The fight. Uh, the, f- the fight, but also like the the tension buildup of just him yes. seeing the signs, the, the guy casually holding, caressing his gun. Right. Yeah, and the beads, and of, the sweat. beads of sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just the like, yeah, it's just telegraphed. So, yeah. And even the the scene from up above at the very end where they're all knocked out <clears throat> and he like puts the, you know, the magnetic boom, and his shield pops up. What does he say? He's like, that's right. Or something like he said, Oh, um, you yeah. better run. <laughs> oh no. He says, um, it, it really feels personal. Oh yeah. Cause or then I thought he had a little one liner when he got, the, Oh yeah. When the, when he pops the, the, the brace the shield up. bracelet off, he does say something else. My favorite part about the the shield thing is it's not just the magnet that gets it up to his arm. He kicks it off the ground like a skateboard. Yeah, yes, that's true. Catch it. Uh, Such like a smooth but also aggressive maneuver. This 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 is the movie that kind like that really sold me on Cap. I mean, the first one's good, and then Avengers is great. But this this movie, I'm like, okay, Cap is just awesome. I literally never liked Captain America growing up. <clears throat> I didn't find him interesting at all. But yeah. yeah, Chris Evans brings so much gravitas to this. And, and it's, it's crazy a, yeah. knowing and, what we know about Chris Evans. You yeah. know, not another teen movie and Johnny Storm. And, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Like, wow. But he, he's so, he's like, so charismatic. Captain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when he is fighting himself shortly after the elevator, like, <laughs> I can do yeah. this all day. Yeah. I know, I know. So, all right. So, Cap goes. Um, yeah, Cap escapes. Now he's a fugitive. He goes back to the hospital to find that Nat retrieved the thumb drive. She tells him that the mysterious metal arm guy is called the Winter Soldier. He's been working. It, you, for the- s- you see her in the reflection, blowing a bubble of gum. Yeah. That is my favorite. Like they they show, they don't tell. Yeah. You know immediately what the next thing is going to be. Absolutely. Totally. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's winter soldiers, like a ghost story. He's been working for the past 50 years for bad guys and actually shot Nat five years ago. Bye bye. In Budapest. And that's why she never wears bikinis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never again. I'm going to, I'm curious. I'm going to watch now to see if she continues to have that scar throughout the MCU or if it's I, I don't think we see her in, in anything undress yeah. at any point. She's always in black leather or civilian clothes. Yeah. Maybe uh, the shower scene in Age of Ultron where her and Banner have their little moment. Maybe. Like oh, yeah. you should have joined me in the shower moment that was a little weird, but uh that's that's maybe our one moment where we'll see the scar again. Mm. Mm. So, all right. So the security security council decides to reactivate Project Insight because they think Fury was a traitor. Um, meanwhile, the one the um, the Indian guy on the security council, I kept I spent like the entire movie trying to figure out where I knew him from, and he played the uh, guru on uh, Silicon Valley. If anyone's watched is, that series, is that the oh. is that the guy from the Matrix train station in Resurrections? I don't remember. It's been fifteen mm. years since I watched that movie. <laughs> Which I will be watching it again soon because Matrix 4. It's happening. Yeah. Um, so all right. Meanwhile, Nat and Cap go to the go to go to an Apple store and we get to meet Noob Master 69. 
That dude was retconned as being Noob Master 69 from Infinity War. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Doesn't need to happen. No. Does but not. But fine. Yeah. Um, so, all right. They find out that the files were apparently made in New Jersey. I'm a little unclear on to how they got sent to New Jersey. What exactly info New Jersey had, yeah. like how it was connected to New Jersey. Never um, underestimate the drawing power of the garden state. New Jersey is where the secret base was. Or not and, so uh, well, I know, I know what was in New Jersey, but I'm, I'm unclear onto like what exact, like she was like, Oh, they were made. Like if I can't find out what's in them, I can at least find out where it's from. And it was from New Jersey. The source yeah. code was written at those coordinates. Does that Apparently. is that something that gets written into code, the coordinates of where it's written? No. I don't think so. I assume also that it's something that like like with photographs, it's easy enough to strip the location data from mm. a photograph. Yeah, okay. You could probably do the same thing from the source code of a All file. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough, That's I weird. guess. Anyway, so they go to New Jersey, a capsule training facility. They evade shield teams with the help of Kissin and then head to New Jersey. I really appreciated her explaining spycraft to him and, and to us also as the fans. Like the first thing about running is don't run, walk, and public displays of affection make people uncomfortable. Those are two great pieces of advice for people on the run. Yeah. You know. That and carry a clipboard if you're trying to sneak in somewhere. Right, yeah. For real. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. Dress the part. Yeah. Dress the Wear a hoodie and a ball cap. Yeah, no, this is our first this is our first like um uh Marvel heroes in disguise, I think. Did I don't know if Tony Stark did it at all in Iron Man 3. Where and glasses. The gla- so glasses, ball cap and a hoodie. The classic MCU heroes. Well, in real life that's what celebrities you know yeah. do when they go out. Exactly. Like, it's so obvious. <laughs> right? I'm beginning to one Yeah, did we talk about this on air before? I can't remember. Um if that's why celebrities or if that's why in all these movies they're always wearing a ball cap with sunglasses and a hoodie because that's what celebrities dress as to go to Starbucks. Right. Yeah. Looking like the Unabomber. Yeah. yeah. That's inconspicuous. Uh, so, um, all right. They get there. They arrive, discover a secret underground bunker. And down there, they discover a supercomputer containing the consciousness of Armand Zola, hydroscientist. Zola tells them... That after being captured by by Captain America during World War II, he was recruited to Shield, where he secretly created a new Hydra within Shield, uh, sowing global chaos with the objective of making humanity surrender its freedom in exchange for security, using the Winter Soldier as their primary assassin and chaos wreaker. Um, he tells them. Then that they're short. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Thoreau. Um, you sow chaos, you wreak havoc. Thank you, thank you, Al. Yes, sowing chaos, wreaking havoc. <laughs> Need to be said. <laughs> it did. Um, missiles incoming. They see it just in time. Um, uh, he does. Uh, Steve shields. Uh, Nat from the explosion. It reminded me of. Um, of the uh, uh, atom bomb scene from Wolverine, except so much better. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and that's like a bunker buster bomb too. Yeah. Yeah. Which which are made to heat up so much that they remove all the oxygen from the inside of a bunker. So right. yeah, I, your shield's gonna, not going to do enough for yeah. for Nat at least. Yeah. But it's 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 vibranium, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah. She did pass out. The healing power of vibranium. <laughs> yes. And that one is something. We learned from the Black Panther movies. Uh, so, all right. They escape through the sewers. Then at home, Alexander Pierce enjoys a cold glass of milk. <laughs> he sends the Winter Soldier after Cap and Nat and proves that good help is hard to find. He offers the Winter Soldier a glass of milk. He does. <laughs> he's, he's a good host. Give the man a glass of milk, Josh. Um, uh, and... Brian and I were trying to remember this last night. Uh, the maid's name was Renata. Renata, yes. I can't remember what. I think I said Roberta. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds right. Yeah. I like milk, but it is always sort of weird when a character in a movie drinks has a big full <laughs> glass of milk. Drinks a glass I, of milk. It makes me I think feel very represented when sitting? people drink milk in a movie. <laughs> it's like, how long was it sitting like there? Me. What temperature is that milk? As yeah. a single man, I just drink it straight, straight out of the, the bottle. No roll. one's stopping you, except for maybe I those cats. I don't drink glasses of milk like I used to. Like I used I to know. drink milk a know. lot, but I don't much anymore. And I'm I'm wondering if I should start again. <laughs> I don't. Makes know. your bones strong, strong like bear, man. You gotta LCM, drink milk yeah. and vodka and Kahlua, obviously. So much phlegm. Yeah. 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 Um, so all right, uh, Nat. <laughs> we're the milk council. <laughs> milk. You can't tell what side we're on. I've got it. It does a body good. Um, yeah. So I've got it. <laughs> I've got, milk. I've got it. <laughs> Such an innocuous question. We heard so much. Yeah. Got milk. Yeah, probably. Like got milk, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you do now, milk bomb. <laughs> Nat and Cap go to Sam's place to hide out. They uh, realize Alexander Pierce is Hydra's leader and behind the whole shebang. They come up with a plan to kidnap Jasper Sitwell to discover what Hydra's world domination plan is. Sam joins up, letting them know that uh, they need to steal a wing pack from Fort Meade, which apparently is so easy it happens off screen. (laughs) (laughs) Red Wing does it. We don't see this at all. Yeah, he sends birds. He sends the birds. He's like, send the birds. Starling. The military bases running around. Yeah. <laughs> kill my pretties, kill. <laughs> Continue the research. Um, they find. <laughs> <laughs> How's the skin going? Wait, okay. So it's. Oh, God. Just. Okay, it's... wait, 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 wait. Brief, brief, brief um, tangent, Josh. I remember watching that episode of The Simpsons where he sends the flying monkeys. After yeah. Homer, and he says, continue the research. I remember watching that and talking to you on the phone while it was airing originally. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. I used Anyways. to do that so much. Yeah, Josh and I would watch SNL via phone. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Good time. Anyway, so I, I have a bird-related question. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, Falcon talks to birds, not in this movie, but in the comic books. The only other character I can think of that talks to birds is Odin. Oh, yeah. Just, I just that just hit me in my brain. I was like, wait, somebody else talks to birds, and he is a god. <laughs> it's, it's well, it's it's the guy that sleeps Aquaman. down in the Rita Riverbed who talks to birds around here. But. <laughs> talks to birds. I mean, I, I talk to birds, but they don't do shit. You know, yeah, they don't talk back. Uh, I'm waiting, waiting for that moment. 
actually, my, my my wife actually does talk to birds a lot, but she's not expecting a response. She's just it's yeah, a lot of like, oh, you are so pretty, <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, it's the, like the thing about prayer. Yeah, if the birds are answering back, you're crazy. That's yeah. <laughs> you can talk to them. So, all right. So, um, they find Jasper Sitwell with Senator Stern, kidnap him, and after terrorizing him. By throwing him off a roof to be saved by Falcon, he reveals that Zola created an algorithm to identify Hydra targets throughout the world. The inside helicarriers will sweep the globe using satellite guided guns to eliminate 20 million people. This is wow. such a gangster use of good cop, bad cop. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Throwing me off the roof, that's not your style, but it's hers. And she just kicks him in the chest off the Boom. roof. Boom. Yeah, yeah, that was badass. And- and then she proceeds to suggest another woman that Steve might take out on a date. Yeah, that's, that's right. The, the I will girl say from that, accounting with the lip ring. This is this is one of those cases of like a movie where the conversation only happens when the characters are on screen. Mm-hmm. But it made me think she has probably suggested every single woman in the shield like agency to Steve right. in the scenes that we don't see. Like, yeah. What about the lady in bookkeeping? You know, uh, yeah. the uh, the accountant's assistant, maybe, you know. He's the kind of friend at a bar who, like, sends a cute woman a drink on your behalf and forces that social situation yeah. on you. Yeah, like what a- about Maria Hill? Yeah. Right? yeah. How has that not come up? That would be a good one. I think that her and Nick Fury might have a thing because they are mm. inseparable. They are. But um, that'd be weird because he's her, <laughs> he's her boss. Um, she loves his <laughs> one-eyed monster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, some of the targets that he mentions, um, a valedictorian in Ohio. Why are you going to say that, Josh? I know. <laughs> <laughs> About, a valedictorian in Ohio, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange. Yeah. Oh, oh. Who's our valedictorian in Ohio? Do we do we have any uh, guesses? <laughs> um. <laughs> I oh um because the newscaster in Egypt may be uh what's his face? Where's my goddamn money, Dracula? What's uh Mark Strong? Not Mark Strong. What's Where's that guy's my name? Goddamn money, Dracula. <laughs> I don't it's know gonna what that's be. Up it's to. one of the new Moon Knight. Sorry, oh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Oh. Okay. Um, I, I, I read a theory online about the the uh, Valley Torn in Ohio, but I can't remember who it was. Something related to corn over there in Ohio. <laughs> um, all right. So they take they uh, take Sitwell with them to go head to S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> he immediately gets assassinated by the Winter Soldier. That was so satisfying, the way he got <laughs> yeah. yanked out of the car. And smashed by a Mack truck going the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. The Woo. sound was incredible in yeah. that moment. That's one of the most visceral like deaths we've had. Yeah, it was. Um, so then we get the big fight, the big highway fight with Winter Soldier and Steve and all the Shield guys or the Hydra guys, I guess. Um, Sorry, the uh, the official name for that sound is squelching. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I I don't know if that's a good name for that sound now. That's Face- but that's what it is. Um, you'll see it in um, the subtitles. Uh, close, subtitles. Close oh, captioning. No. <laughs> oh, squelching, squelching, squelching sound. I don't or... like the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's oddly moist. sexual. Yeah, oddly... it really is. It's like a bathroom in a bad sound. way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, 
<laughs> All right. But so, it's an onomatopoeia, too. It is. Mm. It is. I mean, think squelch. Bones crunching. Yeah. But, yeah. So, all right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, there's the big fight, and which, uh, which this is, this side is, fight is badass. The, the knife thing between them. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. The choreography is incredible. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, and in the end, the Winter Soldier's unmasked and revealed to be Bucky Barnes, Steve's best friend, although he has no memories of being Bucky. Uh, Steve, Sam, and Natasha are taken into custody by S.H.I.E.L.D. They escape, though, almost immediately with the help of Maria Hill. Natasha, during this fight, I, I don't want to gloss over it too much because she just doesn't get enough credit. She does two things in this that amaze me. She tricks the Winter Soldier into thinking that she has been killed and eliminated by jumping with the exploding car and mm-hmm. shooting like a grappling hook into the bridge, swinging over like she's fucking Spider-Man, seeing his shadow on the ground and triangulating a shot. And she shoots him in the eye. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if he hadn't had the goggles on, he would have gotten shot in the eyeball. He'd probably be dead. Yeah. He'd probably be dead. Like she is so goddamn good in this sequence. She is badass. This is yeah. great Black she, Widow stuff. She fakes him out with her cell phone saying like, set up a landing zone, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff yeah. on loop. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so good. She yeah. is she is at the top of her game because she knows he is so dangerous. I, I loved all of this. Cap yeah. is just punching shit. Yeah. Whereas Natasha is like, dude, this is Thanos level danger. Like, yeah. She also, well, she hits his arm with a, a stinger. Um, yeah, the little stingy sting disc. Um, it kind of shorts his arm out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He and he like, does he does the reset that we see in later moments. He has to reboot <laughs> his arm. Yeah, yeah. He downloads a plugin. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Steve, Sam, and Natasha are taken into custody by Shield. They escape with the help of Maria Hill. She takes them to a hideout where they discover that Nick Fury is still alive. <clears throat> Although still healing from his injuries, he faked his death. Oh, wait. Hang on. So, um, when they're in the van, uh, blah, blah, blah. Actually, okay, when the convoy stops, they're in this little tunnel in the city. And Rumlow gets out and he says, three holes, start digging. Okay, two questions. Where and with what? Right. <laughs> it is concrete and asphalt everywhere. No shovels. No. And who brought hair. shovels? Yeah, I assume that he's. I assume that he's talking on the radio to somebody in a dirt lot somewhere, waiting for them to arrive. Well, also, they. Who knows when they actually got out of the van? Like they could be back ten miles. Yeah. They're just like a construction crew who didn't quite understand the instructions they were given, but didn't want to say anything. Right. And then the foreman appears a little while later. They're just standing around. In the asphalt. No, I've been in the dirt. You got your like, mind. Oh, oh, we don't have a way to dig. Well, why didn't you come get me? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, okay. Meanwhile, the Winter Soldier starts having repressed memories of being Bucky come back. He remembers being taken by Hydra and Zola turning him into the Winter Soldier. So they wipe his brain again. Robert Redford shows up to order that. <laughs> With a kiss. Yes. Uh, back in their hideout, Nick and Maria reveal their plan to replace the carrier's targeting chips so they can, can't can link up with each other or with the satellites, then order them to shoot themselves out of the air. 
Nick wants to salvage S.H.I.E.L.D. after this, but Cap tells him he's going to take down the whole darn thing. Nat and Maria agree with Cap, so Fury reluctantly agrees also. Uh, meanwhile, Steve spends some time remembering when he was little, little Steve, uh, with Bucky, yeah, uh, as mother's funeral. Uh, then he has a heart-to-heart about Bucky with Sam. Uh, he gets Stanley fired from a security job at the Smithsonian. <laughs> and they head back to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. I forgot to mention this. Since we're back in the Smithsonian briefly, there's a video of Peggy talking about Steve dying and introducing her to the man she married. Yes. His sacrifice introduced her to the man that she ended up marrying. Right. right. Just something curious was- to, to note later on as we wrap these all up. Yeah, well, that, um, detail for me. And she, she mentioned that he, that the man she married was one of the thousand men that were captured along with Bucky and the, the Helen commandos. Yeah. That right. He saved that first and time. Steve saved himself also. Well, my, my question is, is that who is that? And did Steve going back in time, stop that from happening or, right, uh, or at least in a, at least in a branching timeline? Yeah. It was a uh, old mustache and bowler cap. What's his name? Oh, Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> yeah. Dum Dum Dugan. Well, oh, yeah. well, and Peggy Dum Dum Dugan. And then I'd swear Feige said that Steve stayed in that timeline. So I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. It's, yeah, this it, is a really unanswered. It's impossible question. to answer. That's yeah. why we have this podcast is to ask these questions and not answer them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she it just proves that she always wanted Steve and to be with Steve, but she had to at some point acknowledge that he was gone. Yeah. And move yeah. on. So maybe if he reappears through time travel, she doesn't marry that dude. Maybe she married the, the dude from Fresno. Maybe. Uh, maybe they have a like polyamorous thing going on. <laughs> yeah. A, thr- a thruple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right. The uh, security council arrives at uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Steve breaks in and announces to all of S.H.I.E.L.D. that Hydra has infiltrated them and Pierce is the leader. Pierce takes the security council hostage. Rumlow orders the flight crew to launch the carriers immediately, but they refuse and a big fight breaks out uh, with Agent 13 heading the resistance to uh, Hydra um, and the crew loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Rumlow manages to launch the carriers, though. This is a cool moment because you don't know who is loyal to who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and I mean, Falcon says, like, who do we know how to shoot? Like, how do we know who are right. the bad guys or whatever? Like, this is this moment where you're like, I... I wouldn't know if I was sitting in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very well done use of that trope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Cap and Falcon attempt to fight their way onto the carriers. Pierce is taken hostage by Black Widow, who was disguised as a security council member. Nick Fury arrives and forces Pierce to unlock S.H.I.E.L.D.'s database so that Romanoff can leak classified information, exposing Hydra to the public. Following a struggle, Fury kills Pierce. Rogers and uh, Steve and Sam storm two helicarriers and replace the controller chips. But Bucky arrives uh, to fight them on the third one. Uh, he destroys Sam's flight suit and fights Steve. Uh, Steve fends him off long enough to replace the final chip, allowing Maria Hill to take control and have the vessels shoot each other down. Bucky rips the wing Right off, yeah. That suit. Just grabs it, just, just like rips yeah. it off. Well, and also Sam is shooting so many bullets in this sequence. 
Um, yeah. Every movie, he has less and less like gun violence until we get to the point where he no longer uses guns. Well, he I, just kicks people. The MCU in general, like like the heroes use fewer and fewer guns. Like they shoot less and less things and be just rely more and more on like melee hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Black Widow, same thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see that evolution throughout the movies. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Do you think funny, Red Wing was... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Do you think Red Wing was at headquarters like running the computers and communicating with Sam? <laughs> <laughs> he was doing Overwatch. Red Wing had a gun in this movie. Yeah. It's you know? Sniper. Uh, um, all right. So, um, Sam, uh, on the ground ends up fighting Rumlow in the building. Um, then after achieving his mission, Steve refuses to fight back against Bucky who just beats the crap out of him. Um, and as the ship crashes, Steve falls into the river, but he's pulled out by Bucky who leaves him on the bank. Uh, Rumlow and Sam, uh, jump from the thing crashing into the building and, and apparently both escape. Uh, Steve later wakes up in the hospital bed with Sam by his side playing Marvin Gaye. Fury catches Sam with a helicopter in the most like detail oriented gangster maneuver by tilting yes. the helicopter so he doesn't get chopped to bits. I love that sequence uh-huh. every time that it happens. And the way that yeah. he falls into the door and almost out the other side. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Bust the door off. And he complains. He's like, I said the 41st floor. He's like, it doesn't. (laughs) Don't put the number on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Such a great detail to put in as a joke, too. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So good. Uh, So, all right. With S.H.I.E.L.D. in disarray, Romanoff uh, appears before a Senate subcommittee. Um, And she's basically like, fuck you guys. I'm an Avenger. (laughs) (laughs) Arrest me. Try it if you can, bitch. Yeah, right. She says, "You know where I'll be," but then she like dips out because, yeah, she's going to Tony's house. I assume. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, she takes off in the wind. Yeah, what the Black Widow movie did it take place after this? After Civil War. After Civil War. Okay. Thank you. Mm It was unclear. All right. So um, then, uh, yeah, Fury meets Stephen Sam at his fake grave. Did you guys notice the inscription? Oh, I didn't read it. It was said when um, it was uh, uh, Ezekiel oh, 2517. The path the of the righteous quote. man is beset on all sides. I wish it had said bad motherfucker. <laughs> that would have been good, too. That whole uh, monologue he gives is not. In the Bible? No, it's not. Yeah, it's a made-up <laughs> scripture. Yeah, Ezekiel right, twenty-five yeah. seventeen is vaguely yeah. similar-ish, kind of in some ways, but not at all. Really like it. Gotta give to that's a cool detail. Yeah, I didn't, mention, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um. So uh, then, uh, yeah, uh, Fury heads out to Eastern Europe in pursuit of Hydra's remaining cells. Uh, we see that. Um, uh, Steve and Sam decide to go to go off looking for Bucky. Credits roll. But then in the mid credit sequence, we meet Baron Von Strucker. <laughs> Strucker. 
<laughs> which always makes me think of Strucker's Jam. Baron yeah, von Strucker's. Yeah. What was their their slogan? It's got to be good or something. Yeah, like, with a name like Baron yeah. von Strucker, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. <laughs> he's performing. It's got to be jelly because jam don't shake like that. Right. Uh, he's performing experiments. Um, apparently, he's like, I don't care about Hydra. I don't care about S.H.I.E.L.D. All I care about is torturing twins until they have magic powers. Such a Nazi thing. Yeah. Miracles. This is the age of miracles, I yeah. think you said. And we, this is the the determining point that we were not getting mutants in the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. This was the first time where we were like, oh, fuck. They're calling them miracles. They're avoiding that. Yeah, they're yeah. avoiding the term mutants be- for legal reasons. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we do meet Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. Uh, then, and then after credit sequence, we see Bucky at the Smithsonian looking at the display about him. And that is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And the soundtrack gives us one final scream. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a damn good movie, guys. Yeah, it's a good movie. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Not much um, else to say about it, honestly. I think this was the second time I watched it. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I had kind of forgotten how good it was. Yeah. I Same. mean, yeah, it's, it's been a while for me too, but um, yeah, just, wow. It really holds up. I've seen this at least a dozen times. I love this movie so much. Yeah. Don't let me right choose on. where we rank it first. You guys start. <laughs> Um, I have a few unanswered questions. Um, one, why didn't Bucky follow Nick Fury into the hole underneath the car? Yep. That's the one uh, plot thing I really was like, huh. He's afraid of alligators. Yep. Okay. Also, if Fury can cut through that much asphalt with that thing, he could totally cut through Bucky with that thing, too. So Bucky was like, no way, man. Ah, okay. Yeah. I don't want to get cut in half. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, the the second unanswered question I have was did Zola make that montage ahead of time just in case someone showed up and asked him what he'd been up to the last 60 years <laughs> that's literally uh, all he, he was does improv-ing. That's, that's, yeah that's how he works he had so Riffin. much stuff like he was like alright then I need that news clip and then I need this like stock shot of Nazis marching like I'm gonna quote Anchorman at this point, and then I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna do some Adam Sandler movies from the early '90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's his whole personality is just quoting movies and scenes right. from newsreels. So, um, that's just um, <laughs> that whole montage was created at the speed of thought because he's just this giant computer array. Mm. Um, it's just him thinking about well. At the, at, the the, at the speed of magnetic tape, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the speed of sound? Uh, maybe. Hmm. The speed of rust. The speed of sound is determined by how fast and far you can throw a radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, uh, whose parking spot was uh, Abed's <laughs> friend in because I went back and listened to that. They were talking about, they was like, I've been parking in that spot all along. I think he's in Afghanistan or something. Is that Tony maybe? <laughs> I was thinking it was either Tony or uh, Rhodey. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I never even considered that. Mm. 
Uh, Who's parking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he said I've been parking in his parking spot for months. I think he's in Afghanistan. He yeah. could have said something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a question about Arnim Zola. Did S.H.I.E.L.D. do that for him? Huh. That is a good question. Who put him in the, or, the like, computer? Did he did he die as far as S.H.I.E.L.D. is aware? Yeah. I mean, mm. I guess I would yeah. assume Hydra. I assume he started Hydra prior to dying. And then he had the yeah. Hydra faction of S.H.I.E.L.D. put him inside the 1970s computer. So he, like, faked his death. I, yeah, I have questions about that that, will, what, that are wh- impossible to answer. Was it Howard Stark? Because Howard Stark was involved with all of that. He would have been working with Zola. And he worked yeah, with Zola directly, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, yeah good question. Um, and the last thing, is S.H.I.E.L.D. secret? Because... <laughs> Because in Thor: The Dark World, Darcy literally, or the her her intern says, "What's Shield?" and she says, "It's a secret." But here they seem just kind of like the CIA. They've got a big statue. They've got a giant headquarters. They're kind of just out in the open. The Triskelion. Yeah. It's right there. Um, it's a good question. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem very secret. Well, um, also we get. Uh, I have another question about the Zola scene. We go into the basement at Camp Lehigh, um, which we see in later movies. And up on the window or on the wall, there is uh, Howard Stark, uh, Dominique Strahan's Howard Stark, right? That's yeah. his name. Um, Peggy Carter in her like 30s or 40s, and uh, Arnim Zola and somebody else. Uh, Black Widow asks, Who's the woman? Mm. You mean the woman who founded the agency you are an agent of? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. She 100% would know who Peggy Carter was. Like, oh, Peggy, yeah. don't you guys have a history? Yeah. Like, do you, dude, should we take that picture down so you have a more current picture of her than that one you keep in your compass, you freak? She's still um, alive, <laughs> Natasha. <yeah. laughs> like, well, she well, didn't and, go, uh, Natasha didn't go to S.H.I.E.L.D. boot camp, like, the rest of the shield agents did. Yeah, her training so, was elsewhere. She yeah. is deeper undercover than than most shield agents ever would be. Yeah, but I mean, you would also like read the the employee manual and be like, oh, <laughs> huh. The first chapter is about Howard Stark and this Brit who started. So you shield. joined Shield. <laughs> so you, yeah. <laughs> learn how to learn, learn how to defrost the ice cream machine. Yeah. yeah. Make sure your white boots are strapped on tight. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. Is there a reason they put Camp Lehigh in New Jersey instead of Virginia? Like in the or comics? U- Utah. Well, because in the first Avenger it was in New Jersey. I don't know why. And I guess proximity in, to New game, York. Yeah. It's in New Jersey. Yeah. So, um, well, that way they could shutter it too, because it was a World War II era boot camp mm. to to send large amounts of people to World War II. I was assuming, so it's not one of the modern boot camps. That was my takeaway on that. Yeah, it was a pop okay. up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a truck. It was like a taco truck. Um, right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, anything else before we rank it, guys? Not for me. 
I have bird questions, but we'll answer those in the <laughs> possible Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes. Right. We all have bird questions. I have. Yeah. We, we've got bird. We don't have any bird. Mainly facts. bird law. We- <laughs> Tracy Jordan. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about how weird it is that we eat birds. <laughs> oh God. It really is. So, all right. Here we go. Uh, it's let's rank this thing. Um. I just have the top here. I don't think there's any question that it's going to go in here somewhere. Like, unless you guys have a major disagreement that I am not anticipating. What about between Spider-Man 2 and the first Avenger? Okay. Um, I love Spider-Man 2. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. No, it is great. And I like everything above it. I don't think it's better... But it's better than the first Avenger, I think. Oh, one hundred percent better than the first Avenger. Um, okay, all right. That's Josh is recommending seven. Um, Al, what do you think? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, Brian. <laughs> so I think that it's better than Batman Begins wow. as a comic book movie. Because it turned the entire universe upside down. It changed the dynamic of like the MCU itself. The action sequences. A lot of these things just to me were better than what they tried to do with the other three. Um, Batman Begins, Batman 89, and Spider-Man 2. I think that this, as a comic book movie, outperformed those. Plus it made me laugh more than all of those movies on top of the action and the the comic book connections and things too. I don't know, I still don't think it out comic booked Spider-Man 2 personally. Yeah. I mean that's fair. Um so my personal take is I think as a movie it's better I would personally put it above Iron Man. Ooh. Um I went back and forth with myself a lot about that. Um, Did you consult a bird? (laughs) I consult consult birds before any major decision I make. Um, I mean, that's as good as any because the rankings are going to change progressively as we see more movies. So, Um, so, all right. So, Al, you're the only one who's abstained so far as far as their thoughts on it. Hmm. Over Iron Man or over the first Avenger? think we're saying or in between uh, iron man and batman begins <laughs> as brian that's, that's uh, yeah I, I don't think it's better than iron man because iron man's just its own thing it is um i could put it uh i could put it at number four i think between iron man and batman begins yeah okay right. uh, can you you can live with that josh Oh, yes. Surprisingly well. <laughs> you will sleep. You won't give it another thought because this ranking doesn't mean anything to I will anybody. kick it off a roof like Black Widow. All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask a bird just to confirm. Just. To... Uh, all right. We will put it there. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier will go uh, at number four between Iron Man and Batman Begins. Um so that draws a close on uh, this episode, which means next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we will be watching 
The Amazing Spider-Man 2. All right. Oof. <laughs> yes. So, will there's that... A lo- there's a lot going on in that promo photo. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know it's. I know it's supposed to be Electro, but it looks like Palpatine on... <laughs> on, the, uh, on the Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> Jumbotron. Yeah, it's Palpatine and the Silver oh. Surfer and the Transformer <laughs> and another Spider-Man. Yeah, is that I'm a confused. Dinobot over there? <laughs> like, no, it's uh, Rhino. I know. But it does look like a Dinobot. <laughs> That's Paul Giamatti. I mean... Right, Polly G. Yeah, he's uh, like, ah. yeah. We know a lot of elements from this are going to be in the next one, so maybe it'll be more fun this time. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I don't maybe. know. It's been a long we'll time. Uh, it's I only saw it the once, and I was not impressed Same. at the time. I don't know but... if I finished it. Yeah, yeah. So I never liked Andrew Garfield. Yeah, you heard no. me. I love Jamie Fox too, and this was just such like, yeah. a disappointing uh, Jamie Fox role. Yeah, it was. He even said he was pretty disappointed. Yeah. He was and very into it. No, he was but, into yeah. it and loved it and felt like he, they didn't use him at all. Mm. Yeah. So, all right. That is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Thanks, everybody, for uh, hanging out with us this week. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I've got to go get my parking spot back. Someone took it while I was in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I can speak to a bird. One specific bird. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and remember, kids, Hail Hydra. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber. I do what these three do, just slower. <laughs> <laughs> what about your metal arm? Has, I shag accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>